you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. It's it's kind of good to be back in our normal spots. <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah. it, it almost feels different, but it's the same, but it's different. <laughs> um, it's good to be with you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And D. Youngblood and J. Macron tap to help us navigate the show. Today's topic is uh, the Great Commission is least enjoyed by the majority of pastors in the United States, and it shows. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, wow. Isn't that sensational? Yeah. The Great Commission, least enjoyed by the majority of pastors in the U.S. Barna Mm. Research is now revealing. Um, But I I think this information has been revealed in its effect or its consequence for a very long time. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Before we do that, we want to let you know where in the world we're going, going to be. Um, coming up most immediately, and then also remind you mm-hmm. about the Marriage Family Life Conference that is happening in Tupelo, Mississippi, the yes. 6th through the 8th. That's right. And um, I still think register. Register we're now. We're still registering. Mm-hmm. We have hit the 1,000 mark mm-hmm. registrants, mm-hmm. right, which is exciting. Um, it's So hopefully there are a lot of return um, conference attendees. I, I look forward to seeing again people that we've seen and meeting new people. Yeah. So we'll just see how, and, how that all goes. And we're getting close closer to when we're going to end registration. So, Oh, that's true. Like do it now, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so you can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and make sure that you register right there to get your spot for uh, MFL 23. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we're going to have a, just a great youth apologetics track. And so you want to be a part of that for your children yeah. Uh, that's something for the whole family. And so marriagefamilylife.net. Yeah. And the reason we cut it off is because we value quality over quantity. Um, sometimes we think that when there are more people, it's an indication of success. And, and of course, I, I understand the traditional understanding of more people. Things have grown and that's yeah. good. Um, but sometimes when things grow, the quality of it can suffer. Right. Like a thing can suffer because it's gotten so big that now you just do things because it's like, well, well, we have a lot of people. Um, That's not our aim. Our aim is that people are equipped, that people feel confident when they leave the conference um, that, number one, it was worth their investment of time and financial resources. And that, two, they've gotten what they were looking for. And so in order to do that, we intentionally keep the conference at a certain number so that we can handle the youth, our children in the youth apologetics track. Mm hmm. Yeah, and also there's some logistics that goes into that, you know, um, things that need to be done. Um, and so it's it's just a, look, if you want to go, if you're ready to go, go to marriagefamilylife.net, uh, get your tickets today. I'm excited about the lineup that we have. I really feel like the Lord is going to um, to move in a powerful way. The speakers that are going to be there, you can check them out. And we have our schedules up as well. So you're mm-hmm. able to see the schedule. You're able to see the youth apologetics track, the topics. And so you'll see what your children will be a part of. 
Uh, it's just a great, great event for the for the whole family. Uh, we uh, desire that the whole family will be ministered to. And so that's marriagefamilylife.net to be a part of the conference this, this year. In about three weeks, we are going to be in Lansing, Michigan. This is my first time. This is our family's first time. Well, the yes. great, you've not been to Michigan no. before. So this is going to be the first time for all of us to be in Michigan. And I'm I'm pretty excited about that Yeah. Um, because it's just a new experience for all of us to have together. We are going to be at the Inspirational Networking Conference for Homeschoolers hosted by the Michigan Christian Homeschool Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can learn more about this conference by going to, I want to say it's M-I-C-H-N. Let me pull it up. Hold on a second. Let me pull it up. I will, because I, I will. have it. Well, okay. Maybe it is. That. What do you have? What do now you I'm have? I'm just thinking of the name of it. I thought it was I-N-C-H. Yes, that's that's the name of the of homeschooling the, of the, conference. Of the conference it's, itself. Okay. It's hosted by the organization Michigan gotcha. Christian Home School Network. Okay. And so it's M-I-C-H-N.org. If you go M-I-C-H-N. there. M-I-C-H-N.org. Yes. Yeah. Go there and click on the events tab. You'll learn about all the speakers. If you're in that area. If you have been thinking about homeschooling, if you are homeschooling and you could use the fellowship and the encouragement and the resources Mm -hmm. that are available to you, then click on that events tab when you go to Mm MICHN.org and check it out. Um, Some of the things we're going to talk about today and indeed the rest of the week um, might serve as an encouragement for a lot of people who are on the fence about what they're going to do as far as training and equipping their kids to live in the culture that we live in right now. Um, the, the big thing is discipleship and man, we've been saying this for a long time, going to keep saying it. But then when you have information that comes out, like what we're looking at today, Mm -hmm. um, it is just a reminder that this is, this, this is how we function. Discipleship is at the core of what we do as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not, um, it's not a neat thing. Oh, if we would do this, then it, it is the necessity. In fact, it is what the command it is what the commission was right. to make disciples make disciple. so that's right when we talk about what we're going to talk about today um i think it's very telling that we are where we are as christians in america and why there's such a, a lack of evidence of fruit mm. uh in believers lives because we haven't been taught how to follow the lord jesus and you know it, discipleship shouldn't be a um a feature of a local assembly, like, you know, oh, hey, and we make disciples. Oh, hey. And like, as if it's sort of like a, um, you add on act now, and then you'll get discipleship. You know what I mean? Um, it is the core. It's the foundation of what we have been called to do right. and to be right. like this, make disciples, be a disciple. And, and the Lord Jesus even um, told us how we would know mm. that people were his disciples, that they mm. were actually his followers. Amen. So we're going to look at all of that, talk about this new information that's out from the Barna group. Um, and I, I'll get your take. Let me let me do the setup and, and, and kind of get into it. Well, before and, we, oh, we jump into it, just a couple of things. Well, one couple of things, I guess. Um, there's also an event that we're putting on called AFA at the Ark. And so oh, if yes. you want information about that, just go to the events tab on MFL. Um, website, marriagefamilylife.net. You can get more information about that. That will be happening October 26 and 27. And so um, that may be something that interests you. If you haven't been to the ARC yet, uh, it may be something you want to do with us. Uh, we'll be there and uh, we'll have a lot of things going on. So this will be a good time to check it out. If you've been already, it'll be a good time to go again. And also one of the exciting uh, things for me about the Michigan uh, Convention is that it's not in the winter. 
All right. <laughs> That's I interrupt. I interrupt <laughs> your regularly scheduled program to announce that it's spring in Michigan. But is it though? Is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll have to Still get some feet cool on the ground to tell us. Yeah. So imagine <laughs> yeah. what it is in Michigan. So we'll we'll have to get some feet on the ground. Um, and, and some people to actually tell us what we're looking at. You can't just go by the seasons. Because yeah, what does that really mean? We say it's spring here in Mississippi, but, you know, yeah. we, we don't know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> all right. So here is the article. This is from the Christian Post. Grabbed my attention. Um, and I thought, man, let's have a conversation around this. Headline, majority of pastors love to preach, mm. but few like counseling and discipling believers. Mm. Mm. More. All right, here we go. While the article, Mm -hmm. while a majority of Protestant senior pastors overwhelmingly rank preaching and teaching from the pulpit as the favorite part of their job, they are less likely to enjoy other critical, critical responsibilities of the role as much, such as discipling, counseling, evangelizing, developing leaders or visiting the sick and elderly. This is new data from the Barna Group. The data collected through online interviews with 585 Protestant senior senior pastors in the United States last September shows that 60 percent of respondents chose preaching and teaching when asked which part of their job they most enjoy. Mm -hmm. For every other activity, including discipling and evangelizing, less than 10 percent of the pastors in the study ranked these critical aspects of their job as among their favorite things to do. I'll continue. And then we're going to just kind of have a conversation around this. Just 8% of senior pastors said they most enjoy discipling believers. Just 8% of senior pastors said they most enjoy discipling believers while developing other leaders and practical pastoral care for congregants like visiting the sick or elderly were tied for third place with 7% mm. of the votes each. Um, mm. Okay. 6% said emotional or spiritual pastoral care, like counseling was their favorite part of the job. 6%, 6%, 4% ranked organizing meetings or events as their favorite activity. I can understand that. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, organize in meetings and things like I can't, right. I, I get that, you know, right. only 3%, only 3% ranked evangelizing, <clears throat> excuse me, or sharing the gospel as the top thing for them to do as pastors. Mm. Um, quick check to see if there's anything else highlighted before we <laughs> talk around this. Okay. Barna's data shows how between 2015 and 2020, Pastors across the nation grew more insecure about what they believe they have to offer to their communities through growth in their perceived gaps and training for their role. So pastors do not believe that they're equipped to offer people what they increasingly believe that people need is mm. basically what this report has found. Yeah. Pastors yeah. do not believe that they are equipped to offer people what they increasingly believe people need. Pastors feel ill-equipped. In 2015, for example, 27% of pastors wish they'd been better prepared to handle conflict. That figure increased to 40% in 2020. So something, maybe seemingly this is basic, but how to handle conflict, Yeah. how to teach other people how to handle conflict. I, I really do believe that these are some of the things that are um, among the types of um, interactions, if you will, that, that, a lot of 
people in ministry just try to avoid. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. It's just I because I, it's messy because it's yeah. messy. Nobody wants to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would say this before, you know, because I when I saw the headline, I was like, oh, wow. Let me read this. And then as I read it and I think about it a, a little bit more before I, you know, drop a, ham- a hammer or a blast. Sure. This is a, a, a study that pretty much asks pastors what they feel like as far as like, what's your favorite? OK, so I don't know. So if I don't know if it's as bad as it sounds. OK. In the okay. sense of, hey, it may be their favorite to preach. It does not mean that they do not disciple or that they don't, you know, think that that's important. Now, I would say, as you would say, well, let's look at the results of what's going on right now. We can kind of see <laughs> that this is not happening. But it seems like this is asking about feelings, you know, things that they like more than other things. And so if that's the, if that's the case, they may like preaching. They may like, you know, doing that more than discipleship for the reason that you mentioned, that it's hard and it's dirty and it's like, I don't really like doing that. Now, I don't feel that way. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, man, you know, one of the most, you know, one of the favorite things I like to do is have one-on-one meetings, have Bible studies with people, you know, see them grow and, and, and the joy in that. So I think that that can be a problem there. But when we're asking how pastors feel about something as opposed to other things, I, you know, I, it's probably they, they're probably just being truthful with what they like well, I hope they're others. being truthful. I hope I hope that they're being honest in their response and what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I think making a case for um, doing what you least enjoy. Yes. I think that's where the problem lies. I think the and question we can tell is that that's not happening. <laughs> exactly. When you when you look at the results of where we are in this country, people, I would say have not been taught to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, which I think is a problem because the Bible goes to great lengths to indicate, to press so that we would know what it looks like to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think if the results are so low, like this, I I, I really don't enjoy this. Uh, I think the evidence of it not being... I say employed or yeah. not the evidence that it's not done is in the lack of fruit yes. in a lot of people who profess to be Christians. When we have such a diminished worldview, I mean, the reason for that must be connected to a lack of discipleship. But we can talk more about it. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. If you carry a heavy burden, lay it down and put it back in his hands. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Today we are discussing um, the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples and how new Barna research uh, shows that that's least enjoyed by the majority of pastors in the United States. And, you know, Will the Great, to your point, I think that you're making um, a great point. And I, 
<clears throat> excuse me, I think that it's gracious for us to say just because somebody doesn't enjoy something doesn't mean that it's not happening. And if if we saw a vibrant church in America, mm-hmm. then I would say, yeah, that's. And so then there you go. Nothing to see here. Keep it moving. Right. But we don't see a vibrant church in America. Right. And, and I think when I go say, I think the thing that the pro- only problem I have with this, the way that the survey is, is just that question. It's like your favorite. I feel yeah. like as a pastor, it's like, well, who cares what my favorite thing is? What are we commanded to do? What, right. what does the word yeah. say? So I, that, that that type of uh, question to me is like my favorite. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's the only thing. But I think you're right. As we look at what's happening in the church and, and where our country is and, and things like that, you got to look at the church and see if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And it would be a resounding no. And so yeah. I think that is valid to because of this question and the answers mm-hmm. is like, wow. You know, I think the way that this is worded um, in the article, <clears throat> excuse me, so important looking at what these are called critical responsibilities, yeah. like that they're not optional. Right. And I think maybe one of the ways that you kind of get to a deeper issue or you get to a larger problem is by asking where the pastor's affinity really lies. You know, what are the mm-hmm. things that you enjoy? Like I just, I would, well, I guess to be overly simplistic, I, you would want it to be, well, I enjoy obeying. So I enjoy doing whatever it is <laughs> right. that Jesus has told me to do. And whatever that looks like in the church, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing what Jesus told me to do. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but I enjoy being in compliance. Like I want to comply. I want to do what the master said. Amen. And I think the purpose of the church is so often overlooked. So like when I say that we don't have a vibrant church in America, people immediately think of our structures and they think of maybe the number of people who are inside those structures. And they would say, well, that's not true, Miki. We have we have a vibrant church in America. No, I'm I'm talking about the called out ones. I'm talking about the ecclesia. I'm talking about those in whom the spirit of God dwells, those who are mm. marked and set apart. That we don't see the kind of vibrancy that we saw even in the early church, that distinction, that peculiarity. And I think it's directly connected to the fact that there is not joy found in making disciples. Mm. I mean, because there is not joy found in making disciples, I think it's little done. Yeah. And I think there is the 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 thought that, um, in fact, I've talked to some people who have said things like, you know, man, why can't people just get it? Like, why can't people just, well, let me, let me just say lovingly, but as directly as I know how, because God didn't design the body that way. No, he built us to be interdependent. Now, listen, I'm not saying codependent. There's a huge difference, right? but he has built us to be in community with one another where we grow in this community together. So none of us is like the just add water kind, right? right. You know what I'm saying? And if it, if that's our uh, outlook on it as pastors or whatever, it's a heart condition. That's something that. God has to touch in our, in our hearts because the thing is, if, if there's a motivation, you know, as a Christian to say, well, why don't they just get it? I think we don't understand what happens when someone comes to Christ. They don't just get everything. Like, there's, right. they're, they're babes. They, they have to be taught. And because they are not taught certain things, that's why we see people who even have been in church for years but still have not grown. And yes. so they, it, we can't just say, why don't they just get it? You know, because that's not the way that it works. And that's not the way that that, that God has um, uh, made this thing out to be. And so I think it's a heart issue if 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 there is like just some, um, not resentment, but just some hesitancy and it's like, ah, I don't like to do that. And I also think it's more glamorous to preach. 
you know, it's, no. it's, it's like, hey, everybody is listening to me and I am the, <laughs> yeah. the man for the hour and I'm yeah. preaching. And, yeah. and so those things have a, a sense of like, yeah, listen to me. But discipleship is not like that. Right. And you and <laughs> you know, also there's the like element that. that you don't you don't say one thing to the masses. Yeah. It's saying. It's saying one thing over and over and over again and over to and over again <laughs> to several different people. Yes. And and it's exhausting like yeah. that's it's it's but it but we bear with one another realizing that someone has discipled us, that someone has trained us and taught right. us how to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So important is this in the Great Commission. It's implied twice. Well, it's directly stated that mm-hmm. you are to teach. But then it's implied in the making of disciples. So to make a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Mm. And then how do we do that? Jesus says by teaching them. So if you look at Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to look at um, sort of verse 18. All authority has been given. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Mm. So make followers, make followers, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Mm. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is very messy. What I mean when I say that is that it's not, you don't, you don't just send, you don't just, you know, send out a message and then hope that each person, no matter where that person is, spiritually speaking, that they get it, they latch on to it, and then they put it into practice. This is like, I'm walking with you. I'm checking in on you. How are you doing on this issue? Are you victorious? Are you? And then people say, well, man, I just, I just wish that we could all just kind of, you know, be at the same level. When, when that happens, boom, we're, we're gone. Yeah. Like we're not the church itself, the body of Christ. And our interconnectedness anticipates that we are all at different levels. This is why the Lord has provided for the body of Christ these various offices that people operate in. Right. So if you look at Ephesians chapter four, Mm -hmm. so Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature person and to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Mm. This is, let me just say, um, until the Lord raptures us, until we are caught up to be with him forever, this is an ongoing work. Yes. Because what this presupposes is that you're going to constantly having people come into the fold. You're going to constantly have people coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ who are going to need to be taught. They're going to need to be trained. Mm. And when that doesn't happen, we see the lackluster presentation of the church that we see in America because we have we have compromised on what it means to be successful as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what that often looks like and what that often looks like is all of the external fixtures where Mm. we say, this is success for us. Right. right? And not inside what's happening in the, we, we don't care if you're truly a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and which Mm. let let me, so let me also say this. So you've got the great commission, Mm -hmm. which says make disciples, Right. Then you've got the Lord Jesus who says in Luke, and we've been memorizing this, 
who says in Luke chapter 9, 23, mm-hmm. that if anyone wishes to come after him, that he's got to deny himself, take mm-hmm. up his cross. Daily. He's got to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow him. Right. Mm-hmm. So you so you have to teach a person how to do that. Yes. You have to teach a person what that means, because this flesh and we say, you know, jokingly, but the flesh really is a beast. Yeah. It, it wants to overpower you. So just this morning, as as an example, before you left, uh, you shared with me. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses 24 through 29, 20, I think 26, 27, I believe. Is it? So I can't remember exactly, but I will tell you, I took that encouragement um, and I share that with the children. So this was okay. how they started their day. And through 27, you know, as, yeah. through 27, as mm-hmm. we were talking about it and talking about how Paul, the apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians talks about how he disciplines his body to make it his slave. Mm-hmm. So that after he's preached to others, he would not himself be disqualified, right? That he's actually living what he says. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, man, so so what happens in this is that you share with me this encouragement and this challenge that first the Lord gave to you this morning. Mm -hmm. Then you issue it to me. Then I pass that down to the children. And I'm saying, okay, guys, so we're going to be meditating on this scripture this week. Mm -hmm. We're going to be thinking about what it means to discipline our bodies in the totality of our living. What does it live? What does it look like to to make our um, body our slave? Mm. That you tell the body what to do, that the body is not telling you what to do. Right. Now, look, I could just be like, well, I'm just this. This is for me. And hopefully the kids will see this as I live today and the rest of the week that I'm trying to live a more disciplined life that I'm, you know, no, but I got to teach them, hey, this is in the word of God. Amen. And this is this. Let's talk about what it looks like to live that out. That's supposed to be replicated in the church. Yes. All around the world, not yes. just unique to America. So I guess the thing that really um, it surprises me that the number is as low as it is. But what is upsetting to me is that when you look at the state of the church, mm. I see it as an indication that it's little enjoyed and then it must be little practiced because you don't see a lot of robust disciples. You don't see a lot mm. of people who know what it is or who, who have even counted the cost. Mm. You know, what does it mean to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? So um, in John chapter eight, mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus said that if you continue in my word. Yes. Then you are truly disciples of mine. That's right. That's right. So, so if if we are not even mm. teaching people that they have got to be students ongoingly mm-hmm. of God's word, right? They don't know what's contained therein. How in the world can they live that out? How right. and then how can they test themselves to see if they are truly disciples of Christ? If you listen, if you cannot sit across from someone mm-hmm. on a fairly regular basis. And hold them to the standard of God's word and say, well, this is what the word says. And if you're not doing that, then you're in error. And and probably this is a mark of not being a follower of Jesus. Mm. Right. If we if we can't do that, I, I feel like we're missing the mark because the mark is not to um, is not to fill a building. Right. And that's and that's what it's been, you know, uh, for a long time. How many people can we get in the building? How many people and it's been, you know, efforts in evangelism. Uh, but yet without uh, true discipleship. And so when you have people come, what are what are they coming for? Are they growing? You know, I was thinking about uh, the Apostle Paul, how he dealt with Timothy, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a true discipleship relationship. But, e- but even when Timothy um, was set to be a pastor in Ephesus in First uh, Timothy chapter um, uh, 4, verse 12, Paul tells him, let no one look down on, on your youthfulness, but rather in speech 
conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those yeah. who believe. To do that, that means you're discipling others. Like your you, your life is 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 being examined. You know, and you have people that, that are looking at you, and you are showing them by your life how to live this Christian life. He yeah. said, "Until I come, give attention to a public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterances, uh, but with the laying uh, on of hands." Then it said, "Take pains." with these things, be absorbed in them. So be absorbed <laughs> in making disciples, yeah. you know, be absorbed in living a life that as they're looking at you, man, it's like convicting. And it's also teaching. They say so yeah. that your progress will be evident to all. So mm-hmm. you have people looking at you that you are, you are making disciples. Then it says uh, at the close, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Mm-hmm. So the preaching wasn't elevated above like, man, what are you living? Yes, you know, right. pay close attention to yourself and and to your teaching. Both are important. Yeah. They say persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you, and for those who hear you. Amen. The, Amen. The, the, the disciples that you're making, you know. Yes. And yes. so, this is an important aspect as pastors that we yeah. have to do this. You know, and can I say I don't think that, and I think. I hope that we've understood this by looking at the interconnectedness of the church and how the Lord has set up the body that we all need one another, that we can't exist sort of on an island unto ourselves. Right. But I think it's not just the role of pastors to disciple in it's church. Not. You know, and I think, man, if it's, if, it's so every believer, but I know we're believer. talking about pastors today. Sure. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the mandate for Christians. And so that's that's kind of what I wanted to I wanted to expand this. Actually, okay. I, I wanted to say that it's not just pastors who are supposed to disciple. So I think even looking at this polling data and, mm-hmm. and looking at the response of those who who participated and answered these questions, mm-hmm. I think the question of other Christians should also be asked. Oh, definitely. Do you disciple? Do you enjoy definitely. discipleship? Do you enjoy making followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? This is so important. Like this is what we've been um kind of on for a very, very long time. I know that people get tired of hearing it, but this is how I have come to know the Lord Jesus by being made a disciple of his. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know any, I can't imagine any other way of encountering the Lord and growing in my knowledge of the Lord, if not for being taught to be a follower of his, Mm. where someone said to me the difficult things, where someone asked me the difficult questions, where someone taught me how to pray where someone taught me how to listen for the Lord to respond, where someone taught me how to be led by the spirit of God, how to enjoy God's word, how to let that word shape me. And I guess this really grieves me because I think this is where we, this is why we are where we are in this country where I've got another, I'm going to bring this article in and I pulled this last week, but, and, and this is probably like an extreme case here. Okay. But part of the reason you can have so much confusion by people who identify themselves as Christians or say that they, you know, have some sort of knowledge of God while being woefully deceived is because of a lack of discipleship. It's very easy for someone to be emotionally moved and respond according to that emotion. That's that's the easy part. Yeah. But to subject yourself or to submit yourself to the scrutiny of God's word as someone walks alongside you, that's not easy. 
Because remember, the person who's walking alongside you is not making himself or herself the standard. They're saying, here's what's in the word. Like, we are both bound to this. Like, Mm. both you and I together. Like, not just me saying, do this and do that. But us together saying, how are we living this out for the glory of God? This is the element that is missing in the church in America today. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. I speak the name of Jesus over you In your hurting, in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation I'll seek heaven And pray this for you I pray for your healing Circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I'm thinking the illustration of being children and and when we come to the Lord and and growing in our knowledge of the Lord and moving from milk to meat and and all of these um, these illustrations that point to our growth and our development in the Lord and I think it's so important for us to recognize that man if you have like in a in a in an actual literal sense you have a baby you don't expect that baby coming into the world to just know what to do now there are some basic things right there's some basic like life-sustaining things right. that babies know how to do but man the rest of it we have to teach right. the rest of it we have to say no you don't do that like you're like i mean think, look some of the most humbling work is training a toddler which i'm doing right now <laughs> we both of us are yes. doing right now training a toddler training a toddler this is a picture is <laughs> hmm. not bible guys <laughs> but training a toddler, this is a picture of what it is to train people to follow Christ. Mm. Because what do what do <laughs> what do toddlers do? What they they want to. act according to their base <laughs> instinct. Mm-hmm. When they want something, they want it now. They don't care who they have to step on or crush or mm-hmm. cry or hit to get it. Right? No. They say mm. whatever they want. <laughs> mm-hmm. They do whatever they want. They don't believe any of the rules apply to them. Mm. They just, their, their own desires, right? They believe that the world re- revolves around them. They believe that somehow you're better because they're here, which I mean, yeah, you are. But I mean, you know what I mean? They believe it, you know? <laughs> right. And so, and so, so what are you doing though? You're shaping character. You're shaping mm. character. You're saying, nope. Mm-mm. And that's what we do in discipleship. You're, you're trying to shape character, not according to your will, not according to your desires, but according to God's word. When we do this, if we would be faithful to do this, we would see some things begin to shift in this country. When we see people, how do I know this? Because throughout the history of the church, this is what has happened. (laughs) Like throughout the history of the church, people who have become robust followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, they've been made disciples. They've been taught how to follow Jesus. They've been told the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts. And I I get so aggravated when people say, well, there aren't any rules and there are no do's. and Yes, there are. (laughs) Yes, there are. And there's not any other place where you feel like you should just be able to do whatever you want. You recognize, oh, the rules of decorum, the mm-hmm. rules, the etiquette. Every, everywhere else, we accept that there are rules, except for Christianity. We're like, we want it to just be, it's just a relationship. Okay, but there's rules and relationships. <laughs> right. 
There are rules and relationships. Yes, so there are things that the Lord says to us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't do that. Mm. You don't say that. If there are no rules, if there are no rules, after you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you do not need a lot of these letters that have been written to the church. Mm. If there are no rules, if people say, there are no, there, yes, there are rules. We have books and books of them. <laughs> don't do this. Don't lie to one another. Don't deceive one another. This is how you behave. Do not, do, don't be selfish. This, all of these things are teaching us how we might have the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, how we might be followers that look like followers, not just those in our own mind. I'm a follower. It's in my mind. And so then we're self-deceived. This is how you can have Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney, everybody knows right now, it's the Anheuser-Busch guy, right? And which I think is really, it's, it's interesting to me that so many people were unfamiliar with Dylan Mulvaney until he made it on a beer can. <laughs> and then it's just like, every, now it's a household name, you know? Like, anyway, this is how you get a person like Dylan Mulvaney, who back in March was talking about how he's trying to, you know, maintain his relationship with God and all that's going on in his life. Like, how does, how does this happen? How, how are we so unaware of ourselves? How are we so confused that we can't see our desperate need, but we talk about how we're trying to maintain our relationship with God. And and I want to say something. There's so many people who are like, man, it's glaring that he needs to find God truly. Like he needs Jesus, right? The only way to God, like you, you look at that, And you say it's glaring because you can see the outward presentation of open rebellion against God. But can I tell you that this is present in other people's lives as well? Yeah. And it's glaring. You've got people who are living with people to whom they are not married. And we we don't talk about that because at least they're not trans. (laughs) And at least they're not LGBTQ. Like at least. no, No, but God has already laid out for us in his holy word. What would be the indication that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said that if you continue in my word. Mm-hmm. So we tell people because it feels good to us, right? We tell people, um, hey, we just want you to come, come and belong, come and be. But then we don't tell people what, what it costs. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, it's, it's, it's hard to put that on a connect card. Okay. <laughs> like right. if you, if, if you, if you tell people like I'm thinking, okay, Luke, Luke chapter 14, I'll just turn back to it. So Luke chapter 14, it's hard to tell people to come and belong But like, okay, so Luke chapter 14, verse 26. (laughs) If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife (laughs) and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Mm. Um, I've decided to come to Jesus. Have you? Have you? Have you really counted the cost? Like Jesus did not hide from those who were enamored by him what it cost to follow him. He didn't hide that and say, oh, yeah, great crowds. Come on. Come, 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 everybody come. No, whoever wants, whoever is willing can come. But here's what it costs to be my disciple. Here is what it costs to follow after me. And guess what? The invitation for every Christian is to continue telling people that this is what it costs to follow Jesus. Listen, for your life, you need to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a word declaration. It is a life submitted to his lordship. And this is what it means. It means that there is nothing that you love more. Sam Witt. And we'll open the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Sam Witt, one of our most affectionate children, he's six years old, probably the most, probably really so. great. I don't know. Okay. Would you? Okay. The most affectionate child, like so verbal, so verbal. And he loves his mama. Yes. 
I mean, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I got to get in where I fit where I fit in on that one. Yeah, I mean, and he's trying. He's, he's trying to include you, right? Yes. But he's he, right he's been mama. saying to me right after mama. <laughs> been saying to me, "Mom, I love you all, all day, every day." My goodness, I, I love it. I I don't get tired of it. But but <laughs> I realized, you know, because then he he graduated to mom, mom, mom. Yes, who do I love? That's what he says. Who do I love? And I would say me. So then I realized, wait, hold on a second. You're a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You must love Jesus more than me. So the first time I said that to him, he was like, more than you? Yes. Mm. You love Jesus more than you because Jesus is your life. Jesus is your eternity. He is your source for eternal life. And you have come to know him. So you love Jesus more than me. And the first time I told him that, it was kind of like, whoa, like (laughs) loving someone. But what am I doing? In the mind and in the heart of a six-year-old, I am telling him exactly what Jesus said. Mm. So I'm saying, yes, you love me. So now we've graduated. He says, who do I love? And I say first. And he says, Jesus. Mm. He's, and then you. And then dad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. No problems there. But this has to be taught. This, we yeah. need disciple makers in America again. We need women who have walked with the Lord for a long time. We need women to disciple younger women. Mm-hmm. We need this. We, we don't need people just sitting back and like, well, I've raised my kids and I'm done. And yeah, I've been going to extraordinary women's conferences or extraordinary women. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for decades. And, and so whatever, no, we need you now to put in practice what you have learned to help the next generation of women. We've got a lot of silly women in the body of Christ guys, just to be flat out a lot of silly women who are infatuated with themselves and, and, hyper like sexualized and drawing attention to themselves while still claiming to be robust followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a discipleship issue. Yeah. And I'm speaking that because I'm a woman. I'm sure Will the Great can speak to the great need that men have also to be discipled. But we need to return to the discipline of making disciplined followers of Jesus and doing that according to the straight edge of scripture. It's not myself because that's self-righteousness. Mm. But it's Christ's righteousness. Amen. It is what is it that the Lord Jesus has required of us? Amen. All right. Well, the great. Do we go to the phone lines? Yes, we can. Okay. All right. Let's see here. We're going to go to, if I can get my mouse working. All right. We're going to go to Danny in, I think this is Louisiana. Hi, Danny. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. It's my, my first time caller. I listen to your show like, every time I get a chance and I just really love what we're doing what you're talking about today I just want to address a couple of little things one when you're talking about discipleship and, and, and I'm 100% agree with you and, and, and I'm involved in that myself but when we look at the church as a whole especially in the evangelical Christian church today the picture that I think we see of the whole church is it is the way it is because it was discipled to be that way. Mm. And we we don't have enough pastors that would stand up, like Mickey said just a moment ago, and say, this is the standard, it's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to be offensive to anyone. Yeah. And uh, they, we need to grow up in that capacity and uh, begin to teach who we are in Christ. And, and, and what it really means to be a follower of Christ, not just share a message to believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven when you die. 
Mm-hmm. Because that wasn't the purpose of Jesus died on the cross. Heaven is a byproduct of eternal life. It's not the prime product. The prime product is that relationship with Christ himself. Being with God for eternity, mm. to enjoy him forever. Danny, thank you so thank much. You, I appreciate you calling in. Listen, you know, one of the things that I think really aids in the fear of man that is often present in discipleship, because discipleship means that you you can't just have a message of mass growth, mm. meaning you, you say something and it goes out into the congregation and then everybody can take from it what he or she will take from it. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is a little more hands-on and it makes us more uncomfortable because I've got to actually sit face-to-face, eye-to-eye with someone and say, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I don't think you should have responded to your husband that way. Mm. I, I just don't see that as biblical. I, I think you have to repent first to God and then I think you have to go back to your husband and, and to say wow. it just like that with yeah. all humility. Like, yeah. because, whoa, me. I have I have to apply the things that I'm trying to teach someone else to apply. Right. You know, That's not easy. True discipleship cuts through what was discipled into the church to Danny's point through like mm-hmm. the seeker sensitive, oh. you know, thing. I was talking to Pastor Bert Harper this morning just about this, how that that right there that cuts against true discipleship because yes. with that it's just about growth it's about just only relationship not trying to say anything mm. that's going to like cause someone to leave and right. so when you have right. years and years of churches doing that to danny's point we discipled our people to be like that and churches to be like like that and now yeah. we're having to correct that's <laughs> you know? exactly right you know people say and we'll go back to the phone lines people say well but what if somebody gets mad and and leaves my question is what if they are comfortable and stay in their sin Mm. What what like which one? Like if if you balance the scale, like which one do you would you rather? They yeah. get upset because you told them the truth, mm-hmm. and and they leave or they stay, but they are not truly disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And In John Jesus chapter didn't six, mind people leaving. Come on, he, <laughs> he didn't when mind. he was talking about eating his flesh and mm-hmm. drinking his blood, and there are many disciples who were following him, and they went away because it was a hard truth. John chapter six, you go read it. Mm-hmm. Jesus turns to the remaining disciples and he says, do you want to go also? <laughs> yeah. Now, that, look, that's not the Jesus in Birkenstocks that people love. Come on. But this is Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to go also? These teachings are hard teachings, right? Mm. But if you remain in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Guys, this is the only way that we're going to see a, a purified church, right? To return to the authority of God's word and to hold everybody up against that straight edge. Not my life. Mm. Not your life, but against the word of God. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Don in Virginia. Hi, Don. Hey, Addison. Just really appreciate all of the points you're hitting on. God just really speaking through you to a lot of us out here in these times. And I just want to ask for prayer because our church groups that we're in are struggling to really, truly accept the responsibility of becoming disciples and mm. fellowshipping and want to, with one another in the truth. Um, and I've, we've had casualties in our groups, and we've seen people getting ticked off by the enemy. And mm. I mean, the Lord's our shepherd, but we just need we need to encourage one another in the truth and the word. And Amen. Just pray for our small groups, please. Mm. Absolutely. Amen. No, I think you, maybe that we can wrap the show. Let's try to squeeze in. Well, no, I tell you what, <laughs> our brother has uh, issued a call for prayer. Mm-hmm. 
So, Will the Great, would you take about 30 seconds and pray um, in line with what our brother just requested? Yes, Lord, I pray, God, uh, concerning small groups and churches and discipleship efforts, God, that the enemy would not cut those things, those efforts down, Lord, but that there will be true discipleship, true fellowship, true koinonia between those in the body of Christ, Lord. And we thank you, God, for the way that you are wise and how you do things. God, we say yes and amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm convinced that if we return to the authority of Scripture and just do what the Word says, we don't need to invent anything new. We don't need to come up with any new concepts. Mm -hmm. Just get back to the basics of Scripture. We will see things radically change in our country, beginning in our homes and then extending from there. We're out of time. Thank you so much for listening. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.